Hey guys, before we dive into this episode, I want to mention show sponsor Beekeepers Naturals. Now, you know, I've been a fan of this brand for a long time and every brand that I work with on the show is one that I've handpicked because they represent, you know, a greater service to the world, a greater service to the community, and especially, you know, the majority of women listening to this podcast. And I love Beekeepers Naturals because they offer these great products that are going to help you and help your family battle cold and flu season. Now their bee propolis is probably my favorite Propolis is a substance made by bees when they process plant and tree resin, and they use their propolis to protect, fortify, and even sanitize their hives due to its high antimicrobial, antifungal, and antioxidant properties. So you can get the propolis, you can get it in a throat spray, a little vial that you can down, uh, really anything that you're going to get from Beekeepers Naturals is is going to be the highest quality and the most effective natural remedy that you can find on the market. Now they're in Whole Foods now, but you can also go to beekeepersnaturals.com. That's B-E-E-K-E-E-P-E-R-S-N-A-T-U-R-A-L-S.com forward slash unstressed to save on anything that you order from the site. This episode is also sponsored by Public Goods. Public Goods is your one-stop shop for everything that you need for home and life. I'm talking about pantry goods, uh, shampoo, uh, soap, hand sanitizer, you name it. Everything that you would ever need is at Public Goods. And they're different because they curate products all under one aesthetic, but it's also uh, environmentally safe. It's sustainable. They really do their homework when they choose a product to put on their site. And again, if you are looking to organize your life and to have good products throughout your home, which I think is something that we all uh, can aim for in 2021, then you're going to want to visit publicgoods.com forward slash unstressed and you get $15 to put towards your first purchase. That's P-U-B L-I-C-G-O-O-D-S dot com forward slash unstressed and start shopping and see what you can add to your home in 2021. You are listening to the Motherhood Unstressed podcast and I'm your host, Liz Carlisle. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm so glad that you're here as always. And if this is the first time that you're tuning in, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here and that you found the show. And uh, I think you'll find as you go through the past episodes, that there's a common theme. There's a common theme of personal growth and development and uh, an underlying theme of leadership, not just for our children, because primarily most of us are mothers, but also for ourselves. How do we become leaders in our own life? And and why would we even want to do that? Um, and I think, you know, at the end of the day, it's because we want to live the most beautiful life that we can create for ourselves. And that's really what it comes down to. That's really what I've learned as I get into my 30s is that, you know, if you want to have a good life, nothing can come from anyone else. It all starts from within happiness and stability and strong mental health. It all has to come from within. That said, it's helpful when we have experts and people out there who have lived certain experiences and they're sharing that. And that's where the show comes in, you know, listening to these amazing guests to help us, to give us the tools to reach that next level. And my guest this week is absolutely in alignment with that ethos. Her name is Olga Mecking. She is a journalist and writer. And her new book, Nixon, Embracing the Dutch Art of Doing Nothing, is all about how we can do nothing and how that's actually incredibly beneficial to our mental health and our creativity. 
and even how we parent. And so that's really what this conversation is about. It's about her discovery of Nixon, uh, her book, what it really entails, and how you can bring a little more nothing into your life. And my favorite part, not feeling guilty about that. I think you're going to love this episode. If you do, please share it with a friend. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That does so much for expanding the reach of the show to more and more women out there in the world. And I hope you enjoy my episode with the amazing Olga Mecking. Well, hello, Olga. Welcome to the show. I'm so glad that you're here. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. So let's dive right in. Let's set the stage for the audience. First off, what is Nixon and why were you inspired to write a book about it? Uh, yeah, so Nixon is a Dutch word that literally means doing nothing. And I was so fascinated by when I found out that in Dutch there is a word, one word for something that in English or other languages would require two, three, four uh, you know, so many words. Um, and I, and I, I'm, I'm a bit of a language geek. I speak five languages altogether. Wow. Um, English my third. Um, and I just thought that it's amazing that there's one word for doing nothing. <laughs> and Nixon is a pretty cool word because you've probably read about the other wellness trends and some of them might be really hard to pronounce, but Nixon is pretty straightforward, right? Nixon. Yeah. Even as I was saying it, though, I was thinking like, is this right? I'm not sure. <laughs> it sounds like it would be, but you never know. So were you were you just always when you first heard that word and you, you made the connection? OK, this is what it means. I like this. It's you know, it's practical. Where did the the idea for the book come from? Because I feel like that's, you know, oh, that's a nice thing. But then to actually go through the process of writing a book, that's a big undertaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was very unexpected because it started out with two articles that I wrote about Nixon. One was for a quirky wellness magazine called Wooly. Um, and it was a trend piece. So, you know, this is the new trend. This is what it's what it means. This is why it's cool. And then I wrote an art, another article for the New York Times, um, focusing more on how to do nothing. So more of a service kind of piece. And that one went viral. I, in, in a few days, it had maybe 150,000 shares on, on wow. Facebook and Twitter and all social media. And well, the, it started, the way it started was that I just saw a Dutch wellness magazine in a, at a supermarket selling organic products. It's one I like going to because their their fruit and vegetables are just I think they're just better than at my regular supermarket, so I go there when I can. And they had this wellness magazine, and I and I saw this article called uh, Nixon is the new mindfulness. Mm. And I liked two things about that article. One was that the Dutch had one word for doing nothing, and the other one was. Um, that like, I was reading lots of those wellness articles, books not so much, but articles, and it felt so, oh, you have to be mindful. You have to be in the moment all the time. And I was very annoyed at that. And I thought, yeah, maybe, you know, Nixon is a wellness thread actually, I, I could actually follow. <laughs> so I decided to write about that. 
I love that. I love that. And obviously it hit home with all of the readers of that New York Times article. And I think that that's how I reached out to you because I think I read that and I was like you, I was like, oh, okay. Like this is, this is something that I could actually do. And I'm a big proponent of mindfulness. So I love that you touched on that. And you're like, actually, there is another way to, to rest and restore. Why do you think though? I mean, obviously we're all craving, you know, some kind of reprieve from the incessant stress of everyday life and politics and motherhood and all of that. Why do you think then it's so hard for us to actually do nothing? Cause I, I know for me, I start immediately feeling guilty. Yeah. Yeah. It's very common. I think especially for women and mothers to, to have this feeling of, okay, nice. I've sat down and I'm going to do nothing, but no, then, you, you know, you start going through your to-do list and then you realize how much you have to do and which automatically turns into how much you haven't done yet. Yeah. Which then um, make you, makes you feel guilty. And then some people say, oh, you know, just don't feel guilty, which is not that easy because then you start feeling guilty for feeling guilty. <laughs> oh my like a vicious circle. It is. It is. So take us through. I mean, how do you set the foundation for putting in Nixon as you know, a practice, you know, maybe you're not doing it every day. Do you do it every day? And what, take us through how you incorporate it into your life. Yeah. So, um, for me, it's like, it doesn't have to be this big thing. Like I, I often compare it to, to the way many people do meditation in which they kind of, they go into the special room and turn on special music and prepare their minds in a certain way and then they do it for half an hour an hour several hours maybe sometimes and I thought in contrast to that Nixon could be something much simpler it could be a few minutes here a few minutes there it it doesn't have to be this one big chunk of time that's one thing to keep in mind because I think when people read about doing nothing and then they get stressed by, okay, but I'm so busy. How am I going right. to do it? And then if they re- maybe if they realize that it doesn't have to be this big thing that requires tons of time, maybe they will be more um, willing to try it. Yeah, and and if if for example, if someone finds it's hard to really really do nothing because Nixon isn't, for example, browsing Facebook. It's not watching mm. Netflix. It's literally doing nothing, you know, gazing out of the window, watching the the clouds go by. If they find it hard to do nothing, they could start by something um, that's kind of automatic, like keeps their hands busy, but lets your minds go free. Coloring book for adults are very popular right now. There are Lego blocks for adults who are stressed out, so they kind of start playing with Lego blocks. I like cooking and baking when I'm stressed. And then I have to pay attention to what I'm doing to not cut off my fingers, but <laughs> it's, it's, it can be quite relaxing. So you yeah. can still technically be doing something, but it's not like you are certainly not just scrolling social media or you know yeah. vacuuming or something like that. You're kind of just letting your mind go, it sounds like. Yeah, it's like daydreaming. And also you can, even if you don't do nothing, you can have the Nixon approach to life or to to some activities. So for example, my brother runs marathons and he says, and obviously running is not Nixon, but he says, okay, if I'm running because I'm preparing for a marathon, that wouldn't be the Nixon approach because I'm doing with a purpose in mind and I'm doing it for something. Because one part of the definition of Nixon is, to do nothing, to, you know, look out of the window and sit there. 
Um, but the other part of it is to do nothing without a purpose. Mm. So it's not like you can't have a purpose because that's very hard. But for example, if your purpose is, you know, if he's running because he's training for a marathon, that wouldn't be the Nixon approach. But he's, if he's running because he likes it, he likes the way his body moves, um, he just likes the feeling of running. That, that I would say is the Nixon approach. Okay. I totally, totally understand that. Like, cause I think I struggled with it at the beginning because I'm, I'm like, you, I'm like, well, you can't not do anything. You know, you're always doing something. Your brain's always going, but I'd like that, that explanation of it. It's really almost a methodical approach to a relaxation mode that you're, that you're allowing your body to get into. And I know for one, like you're a busy mom, I'm a busy mom we especially don't ever seem to let ourselves get into that mode. And I really, really don't count social media because I feel like when I do that, I'm more spun up than ever, you know, especially in American politics. <laughs> yeah. And also for us, it's work, right? It's work related. Yes, yeah, so exactly. For you as a podcaster, it's work. Yeah, absolutely. So um, going back to mindfulness, though, like I am someone who meditates and I find a lot of value out of that. Um, I know you said you really wanted to make a distinction between mindfulness, like meditation or being mindful when you're in your daily life versus, you know, letting your mind go. Are, do you know, are, are there brain benefits? Are the brain benefits different? I mean, what are the brain benefits with Nixon as opposed to like a mindfulness practice? Um, yeah, good question. And to be honest, like if, if I say, you know, meditation or mindfulness may not be for me, but I know so many people who find it helpful. And I'm a big proponent of doing whatever, what, whatever works, whatever makes you feel better. So to talk about the, the benefits of Nixon um, is, for, for example, that it can make us more productive. Notice that if I keep writing an article and after a while I get tired and then I kind of, I, I start writing nonsense like stupid sentences and, and my English isn't working properly <laughs> because I'm tired. And, uh, and you know, I could tell myself to push through it and mm -hmm. just finish that thing. But instead, maybe a better idea would be to get up and do something unrelated to the article, like do nothing, read a book, um, go for a walk, go cook dinner, you know? Yeah. That don't, don't... Um, engage my brain in this way and that gives me a chance to kind of my brain to rest a little and actually even if maybe it would take me longer to write that article it would still be a better article if it would have been if I hadn't taken that break yes absolutely I totally resonate with that too yeah and I think like it is so important for you know men and women to be able to give themselves that space you know and I feel like today life is going by so quickly and we don't ever allow ourselves to just kind of let our minds wander or color or build with Legos, you know, unless we're on the floor with our kids. But even when I'm doing that, sometimes I'm like, okay, I got to do this. I got to get up. Da, da. Like, the help, you know, when is this five minutes going to be over? And I hate that, you know, like to be in a space where you're really fully there and just kind of in a relaxed state, I think is such a gift to yourself, but also to your children. Yeah. I also think it's important for our kids to kind of see us, you know, reading a book or resting or, or to kind of teach them the importance of, of um, relaxation. Yeah. A lot of, you know, teaching our kids the value of hard work, which is also important. But then if they see us, you know, running around from one place to another or from one activity to another, they're going to kind of learn that as well. 
Yeah. Has, and, has your thoughts on Nixon, have it, has it seeped into your family life? Like, does your husband subscribe to it? Do your kids do it? I guess uh, kids kind of do it naturally. Many kids do. But for example, my eldest is very, you know, very full of energy, very athletic. So she, when, when we talk about this book, she's 11. We talked about this book and she said, no, I can't do nothing. I <laughs> always be doing something. And she, she often is like, but then she'd be, if she wants to relax, she'd be coloring, she'd be drawing, she'd be painting, or she'd be kind of, you know, doing cartwheels on the floor <laughs> or stuff like that. Uh, and then by my, my middle one, middle daughter is really good at, at it. I think she's really good at doing nothing. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And your husband is German, right? German, yeah. Does he does he subscribe to it as well? Um, well, he <laughs> no, he like he actually in many ways he likes being spontaneous, but he also mm-hmm. takes a lot of time to kind of read or uh, he may he might not be doing nothing much, but he does. You know, relaxing is important to him. So uh, yeah, he'll be reading or he'll be checking something on the computer. Like he doesn't check social media at mm-hmm. all. So maybe he'd be reading a Wikipedia article or something like that. That's awesome. So and you guys are really well-traveled. You've lived all over the world. Your children, I was I was reading, you know, speak several different languages like you. How has, you know, giving them this global exposure to the world helped in, in having that, you know, that more, I want to say global again, but like that wider mindset of, of taking the day as it comes and doing what you need to do, but also creating space for things like Nixon? Yeah, so very good question. And I think this is the, the moment where I usually say, you know, there are so many articles about how to parent like the Dutch or like the Germans or like the French or like the Danish. I mean, of course, there's, you know, there's a lot of parents all over the world can learn from those nations. But really, I think it all comes down to how the system is organized. So, for example, in the Netherlands, where we live now, the, the system is pretty generous. You know, there's, there's um, parental leave. There, you wouldn't end up homeless if you lose your job. Mm. Stuff like that. And I think that's like the main thing that makes parents more relaxed, simply because yeah. they don't have to stress about money. Or maybe not so much as elsewhere. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I never thought about it that way. Like the system that's in place really does set the stage for, you know, how we parent, how we interact with each other. That's incredible. I think it's because I was reading lots of those, um, you know, Bringing Up Baby by Mm -hmm. Pamela Druckerman and all those books. She's going to be on the show next. Oh, really? Well, (laughs) that's cool. Um, And those are great interesting books and of course there's a lot to learn from parents in France or Germany or Denmark or the Netherlands um but there's just so much you can do if the system isn't set up that way yeah so if if for example schools don't offer high quality free lunches then maybe you're going to struggle to teach your kid how to eat properly are you going to put really lots of effort and time and money into it mm-hmm. so yeah. I that was very important to mention. No, I, I completely agree with you. And I feel like you're kind of speaking directly to, you know, my American listeners. You know, we've kind of been brought up in this country to 
you just kind of handle it yourself until you absolutely can't. So to to have that other worldview, I think is really uh, important to know, you know, that, that, that is out there that does exist. Um, it doesn't have to be, you know, one way or another. I think that that's really beautiful. Kind of going back to the book, is, was there anything when you were writing it that you learned that you didn't expect, you know, even when you'd already written the article, when you were actually writing like the meat of the book, did you learn anything new? Yeah, I, I did. Um, I talked to so many researchers all over the, the place. And I think what what really stood out to me was the way how we have a special network in our brains called the default mode network that only lights up when we do nothing. Huh. There has been studies done in fMRI machines where that compared two groups of people where one group was giving a task to do and the other was just told to sit there and enjoy themselves <laughs> do anything. And the like the, the images from, from those brains were quite different and the, that special network, it actually, um, I think if, if I remember correctly, it kind of, it's there in all of us, no matter of gender, age, uh, nationality, and, and so on. So it's, I, I actually, because I also saw that in the Western world, we're going to feel guilty for not working. And then I found out that in, many other parts of the world, people felt guilty, not for not working, but for example, for not socializing, not to going to religious services, for uh, not spending more time with their families. So there's guilt for, you know, not, not feeling useful in a way. Mm-hmm. So universal and human. But I also thought if this is human, then maybe the, the desire and the wish to do nothing and to spend more time really daydreaming or spend more time lazing around, that's also universal, that's also human. Almost every language had some sort of expression or word. Maybe it wasn't always doing nothing, but it was something similar. So in Italian, you'd say la dolce uh, far niente, which means sweet doing nothing or doing sweet mm-hmm. nothing. I in English, that. you can, yeah, in English, you say doing sweet, sweet nothing or to lazy around or lazy Sunday morning. There are lots of expressions showing the positive side of, you know, laziness even <laughs> or what we perceive as, as laziness. Yeah, I love that you said that what we perceive as laziness, but I can remember like waking up Sunday mornings, like growing up, like rushing off to church, it being like a stressful thing, like go, go, go. And then when I was adult, an adult, I was like, okay, I'm going to enjoy my Sundays. And just that feeling of like lazing in bed and having some coffee and like just, you know, looking out the window was some of the best time I spent. This was like before I got married, before I had kids and I lived by myself and I was just like truly free. And I remember that just like really cherishing that time. And I knew like it was so temporary, you know, I knew that that was going to be fleeting, but I mean, it sounds like, you know, after reading your article in your book, uh, it doesn't have to be. No. And even with religions, so for example, I have Jewish roots and in Judaism, there's you no know, Shabbat, which is a day where you not when you you're not allowed to work, mm-hmm. and in in Polish the word for Sunday, which is our kind of holiday, in, you know, Catholic, is Niedziela, which means the day where you do nothing. So it is there. It is there in history. You know, it is in the system back. So in almost religions, there's this idea of taking one day for rest, 
Yes. Well, and thinking back to that neuroplasticity that happens, you know, when you do kind of just kind of sit there and enjoy yourself, as you said, like, I wonder what would happen to your brain, how much more productive, how much more creative, how much more empathy, you know, you could exert towards others when you're not feeling like you have to go, go, go and be, 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 you know, you're just really existing from a place of love. Yeah, and I also think, especially for women that have this kind of constant pressure to be doing something all the time, whether for for everyone else, but not for themselves. And uh, I think it's it's very hard for women to do nothing simply because of those pressures. And um, we, we, we put those pressures on ourselves, but society does too. So when a man sits on the couch and does nothing, then we say, oh, he's resting, he's yeah. At work, he or he's thinking big thoughts, <laughs> he's writing, you know, his big novel or something. <laughs> if a woman did that. If a woman did that, we I don't think we even have that image in our head of a woman sitting and doing nothing. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And I mean, I I feel that way too. And I I I put out a TED talk last year that was all about you know moms. It's okay to be selfish and a lot of people didn't vibe with it, I think because of that word selfish, but at the core of it, it was like, no, it's not selfish to take care of yourself first, you know? And I think that that's really, it comes through a lot in your work as well. And I just, I have to mention this one article that you wrote that I read and it just, it like pierced me right in the heart. Like I just, I loved it so much. Can you talk about the inspiration for that piece and where it came from? Yes. So one part of the inspiration again was my interest in languages because I found out that a word that means mother in Polish, matka, means um, a clay vessel for water or dairy products in Hindi and journey in Finnish. And then later I found out it means bride in Hungarian and it also means something in Hebrew, but then I mm. written, written that article. <laughs> um, so that was one, I was so fascinated by this idea that one word that sounds the same, it has so many meanings in other languages. And then when I found out about this meaning in Hindi of a clay vessel, I thought of um, I thought of another essay I've read about this idea of how motherhood should kind of break you, but then put you together and make you better. Mm. And I just didn't relate to this, this idea at all. I just said, no, I shouldn't be breaking. I kind of shouldn't be made different. I left myself the way I was before. Um, and so I wrote about this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was just, and it was so spot on, like everything you were saying about, you know, I was in this, this new world, essentially. I didn't really have anything. Like I, I had read the books and I had prepared, but then you're in it and, and you're just isolated. And I knew exactly what you were talking about. I mean, it was like you were speaking right to me. And I'm, I'm I, I moved abroad when my eldest daughter was six weeks old. She, so she was tiny. And I found, you know, with moving abroad, that was my third or fourth move by that time. Wow. So that becomes easier with, you know, Especially, I just moved around Europe with the exception of, of Canada. I spent four months in Canada, but otherwise I've just moved around Europe. And of course, we had all those different countries, but it's sort, I mean, not, not exactly similar, but you knew what I, could ex I, knew what I could expect. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and maybe the food was different, the language was different, but it was not totally weird or something. <laughs> and, You're very adaptable. I think that would be hard for, for most people. So give yourself some more credit there. <laughs> Thank you. Um, no, but I found motherhood to be harder than that. I found it actually more of a, of a struggle than moving abroad. And then someone, I, I, I was reading about this thing called culture shock. Mm-hmm. And like the way how if, I, if we go into a big change, we go through stages that are a little bit like grief. Like the grief also comes in stages and culture shock comes in stages, how it started with how many honeymoon period, honeymoon period, and then it goes to kind of struggle and then you kind of get out of it slowly. And it ends with mastery, how you kind of adapted to this new situation. And for me, motherhood was more of a culture shock than this move abroad. Wow, yeah. So um, very, very different. And actually, um, <laughs> I, I was actually joking that I thought I knew, I knew English and then I become a, became a mom because... So many new words learned, right? <laughs> Starting with pregnancy. Mm-hmm. So, and, and then even after you, you're reading all those message boards or, or, or forums and then, okay, what's CIO and what's AP and what's, you know, all that. Oh, acronyms. right. Like all the code words too. Yeah. With everything that you've learned, what is something that you want the audience to remember about our talk about Nixon? What I what I would say is though like don't be afraid of, of doing nothing. Try it and see how much you're you know you're comfortable doing it. If not, it doesn't work. It's okay if you know it's okay if things don't work out for you. It's it's just normal. And I know people sometimes beat themselves up because they're you know they've tried this trend or that trend and it just didn't work for for them. So I want to say it's fine if it doesn't work. You know, try try different things and see what works for you. Yeah, absolutely. Have that grace for yourself. That's so important every single day to do that for yourself. Oh, thank you. So where can everyone find the book? And uh, if they want to connect with you and read more of your stuff, where can they find you online? Yeah, so the book is out in the US now. You can buy it on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble and I guess wherever books are sold. Um, I write that Facebook group called The New Seniors. Ah, I love it. Doing nothing. Um, it's fun. Join us <laughs> if you want. Yeah. Otherwise, um, I'm on Facebook a lot and I share my stuff there. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much, Olga. Thank you for staying up late to speak with us. <laughs> um, and uh, again, thank you for, for putting out this book. It's so, so important. Thank you so much. I want to mention our show sponsor, Beekeepers Naturals. And they have a wide variety of bee products like royal jelly, um, hemp honey sticks. But I want to talk to you today about their Bee Elixir Brain Fuel. Now, this product comes in these little vials. Don't make the same mistake I did and take the entire vial in one sitting uh, because you will literally be buzzing around like a bee. This thing hacks through brain fog, gives your body and your brain such a boost of energy. I mean, it was unlike anything I had ever experienced before. I mean, it was incredible. Um, and it's because it works on your brain uh, as a nootropic, which means it helps elevate the functioning and the processing of your brain. So if you are looking for something to cut through brain fog, to hack productivity, to get deep into the zone, I highly recommend checking out beekeepersnaturals.com and clicking on their Beelixert Brain Fuel and use my code UNSTRESSED so you can save. 
You've been listening to the Motherhood Unstressed podcast, and I'm your host, Liz Carlisle. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm so grateful that we got this time together today. And if you love this episode, I would so appreciate it if you would share it out on your social media. Make sure to tag us at Motherhood Unstressed. Connect with us at Motherhood Unstressed. I'd love to connect with you uh, and see where the work has gone in the world. And make sure that you subscribe so that you never miss out on an amazing interview with an incredible guest or our weekly guided meditations every Wednesday. 